Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Four Vaginas Only. This is episode 13. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about polycystic ovarian syndrome, also known as PCOS. Hello, and welcome to Four Vaginas Only, the podcast about everything female. I'm your host, Dr. Celestine, bringing you important information about understanding your health and body in the way you wish your doctor would actually explain it. All right. Hey, guys. Dr. Celestine here, your host of Four Vaginas Only every two weeks. Welcome back to another episode. Like I stated in the intro earlier, this episode is going to be about PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome. So let's just jump right into it. Okay, so PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. What is it exactly? I guess I'll back up a little bit and talk to you guys about how it usually presents to my office. Either someone comes in complaining that they're having difficulty getting pregnant for an extended period of time, or they come in complaining of irregular periods. I would say most commonly I see the lack of a period, like maybe having one every three months, every six months, but that's not the only way that it can present. In terms of the irregular periods, they can also have heavy, heavy periods that last for days and weeks, which is really unfortunate. And also, like I talked about the amenorrhea, which means that you're lacking a period. I've seen somebody lack or not have a period at all for six months at a time or even up to a full year or more. So when someone comes in to my office complaining of these things, The first thing I do is kind of take a look at them because there's some signs of PCOS that are just apparent by looking at someone. For one, most patients with PCOS are obese. Now, that's not to say that if you're presenting with irregular periods or infertility issues that you also have to be obese and have PCOS because 20% of the population that have this condition are not obese. I've actually seen some very, very skinny girls and women that do have PCOS. In addition, you can also have excess hair, um, excess hair on the face, kind of like growing a beard or a mustache and waxing it a lot. So a lot of times when people come to my office, I ask them if they wax or shave because I won't actually see the hair. But if they have to do that very frequently, that gives me a little bit of an indication. Also, The hair grows in, I guess, an abnormal place for women, on the chest, on the abdomen, things like that. Also, you can have very severe acne, like that deep cystic acne that's not really responding well to other treatments, can also be a sign of PCOS. Infertility, like we talked about, which is kind of also related to the fact that you're not really having a regular period. And also, I take a look at the back of the neck. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this, like a dark, kind of leathery, sometimes even a little shiny band that goes across the back of the neck. This is called acanthosis nigricans. I know, big name. But basically, it means, or it's an indication that you have some sort of insulin resistance going on. So something similar to almost being a diabetic. And that's an indication as well. So these are all the things that if you come in um, talking about certain symptoms, that I take a look at at you and ask you about certain things that lead me to suspect that maybe we're dealing with polycystic ovarian syndrome. 
All right, now what the hell causes this, right? I mean, I see so many people with it, and a lot of people ask me, you know, why do I have this? What's going on? Now, I'm just going to start out by saying that the underlying cause, the root of the issue, is not really known. It's kind of a combination of things. One is the insulin resistance, so that kind of um, propensity or close to having diabetes or actually having diabetes. Also, your hormones, you have very high what we call androgens, which there's different types of hormones similar to estrogen and progesterone and whatnot. And these particular hormones called androgens are usually elevated in women and girls that have PCOS. So what causes these things to happen? No one truly knows. But I have seen that it seems to be or have a genetic component A lot of times a young girl comes in with irregular periods and it turns out her mom also had irregular periods and problems conceiving and things like that. So I think there is a little bit of a genetic component to it as well. What the underlying gene is, what the underlying problem is, like I said, I don't know, which can be really frustrating, right? Because if we could find out what the underlying cause is and we could save people a lot of heartache. But anyway, moving on to the part that I feel like is very important Because a lot of women and girls come into my office either not knowing they have PCOS and then we have to talk about it, or they come in knowing that they have PCOS and want to talk about mostly the infertility factor, which, yes, very important. I agree. You know, if you want to start a family, you want to have babies, being a little bit infertile or a lot infertile from PCOS is an issue. But... There are also more dangerous issues that are associated with PCOS that I don't think many people really understand. So the first risk is the risk of having diabetes, right? So like I talked about, you kind of have a propensity towards having some insulin resistance, having elevated glucose or elevated sugar levels. So you're also at increased risk of developing diabetes. I would say it's up to a two to five times the average population um, um, of an increased risk when you have PCOS. So that's significant because diabetes comes with its own full set of issues. The other risk of having PCOS is uh, heart disease, cardiovascular disease. One of the main things associated with that is having very elevated cholesterol levels. And a lot of patients later on in life, they need to be placed on statins, um, and things like that. Walk, watch out for heart blockages and stuff like that because of the high cholesterol that is related to the PCOS. Another thing that's important with polycystic ovarian syndrome is something that we call endometrial hyperplasia. Now that's more back into my neck of the medicine woods. Diabetes and heart disease, you know, I deal with here and there, but endometrial hyperplasia is one of my bread and butters. So what it is, is let's kind of paint the picture. You have PCOS, right? Let's say you're one of the women who are not getting their period regularly. So you have a period once every six months, once a year, or you haven't seen your period in years. That's a problem because what your period is, is the lining of the uterus that sheds, and that's where the blood comes from, okay? Now, if you are not shedding that lining of your uterus, it's sitting in there and building up and building up. Um, all the cells are on top of each other. The lining is getting very, very thick. And that leads to disorganization of the lining. And anytime you have any sort of thing that's building up uncontrollably without any regulating system, like having your period, that leads to an increased risk of cancer, right? 
So you have this endometrial hyperplasia, hyper as in like building up a lot of your lining. If that's not controlled and if you're not having your period regularly, that can eventually lead to cancer. So those are some big risks when it comes to PCOS. I know a lot of women want to talk about the baby part of it, um, but there are also, you know, other things that you need to be aware of and you need to have the proper follow-up for as you're aging and, you know, continuing to experience your life with this condition. So now that I've talked about all the grim stuff, let's talk about how we can treat it, okay? The main thing, the easiest thing to do to treat PCOS is birth control pills. The combined birth control pills that have both estrogen and progesterone that you take every single day and then you have a week off where you have your period. So it, sol- it solves a few issues. One is the hormones in that birth control pill actually decrease the hair growth that you have, that you can possibly have on your abdomen, chest, and face like we talked about. Also, it can decrease your acne. So improve that whole thing, which is great, especially for young girls with PCOS and are very sensitive to, you know, the possible repercussions that can be with an acne-ridden face. Two or three, if I could count, that would be good. Three, it decreases your endometrial cancer risk. So the birth control pills are forcing your body to have that period every month and shed that lining within the uterus. So you do not have that buildup of the lining. Therefore, you decrease um, and pretty much eliminate the endometrial cancer risk. So, I mean, those are great wins for birth control pills on for women and girls that have PCOS. Also, weight loss. So if you fall into the category of the person that is obese with PCOS, just simply a 10 to 15 pound weight loss can change everything. That can regulate your periods. It can also improve your glucose levels and decrease that risk of transitioning to diabetes, at least earlier on in life. And it can also improve your acne and decrease the amount of hair growth that you're experiencing. So all of those are are great, and those are the same responses or similar responses that you would get with the birth control pill, but you're all doing it based on just weight loss alone, which I think is, you know, fabulous and something that you can control for yourself and take into your own hands to control this condition. The other thing I want to talk about with weight loss is the fact that when you're losing weight and you are now having regular periods, which you didn't before, that also increases your chance of getting pregnant, okay? So if you are not trying to get pregnant, but you are trying to decrease your symptoms of PCOS by losing weight, if your periods become regular again and you're actively going out there and losing the weight, you can get pregnant. So if you're not on birth control pills to protect or some sort of birth control to protect against pregnancy or you're not using condoms regularly and you do not want to have a baby at this particular time, you need to get on one of those birth control or condoms, okay? Because I see a lot of um, women coming in and they're like, oh, you know, all this time I haven't had any problems. Like I would do whatever I want sexually and, you know, not use any protection. I never got pregnant. But now I'm pregnant and I don't know, you know, why. All I've been doing is trying to treat my PCOS. Well, that's why, okay? And last but not least, there are some medications that you normally would take if you had diabetes, like if you're if you have your grandma or mom and they're taking medications like metformin for diabetes, that's also used a little bit for um, PCOS as well because it decreases those androgen hormones 
It decreases your glucose levels and it could also cause ovulation, which means that you're going to have a regular period again. And also, like I just mentioned, regular period equals increased um, fertility. So if you're on a medication like this, you could possibly get pregnant on it as well, um, simply because your periods are back and your ovaries are functioning properly again. Speaking of ovaries, the last thing that I kind of want to talk about is how your ovaries look with PCOS, because I just realized I didn't talk about that in the beginning. So the whole name polycystic ovaries, right? Lots of cysts, polycystic, on your ovaries, ovary syndrome. So basically, if you look at your ovaries on an ultrasound and your physician might send you to get an ultrasound because it can be part of the criteria for diagnosing you, on your ovaries, you will have many small cysts, at least um, 12 or more cysts on each ovary. And that's some of the indication or part of the diagnosis for polycystic ovarian syndrome. Now, I can't say that the ovaries themselves are the cause, but that it's just one of the things that we see um, with the condition. So now you know why it's called polycystic ovarian syndrome. You know what some of the symptoms are. Nobody knows what the real cause is. <laughs> you know what the risks are, endometrial hyperplasia, cancer being a big one, and some of the ways that your doctor might treat it. So I encourage all of you, if you are having any of those symptoms we talked about in the beginning, irregular periods, excessive hair growth, severe and uncontrolled acne, infertility, things like that, that you go and see your OBGYN and have a discussion with them um, and find out if maybe PCOS is what you have. Now, with that being said, there's a lot of other things that can cause these symptoms and it's not necessarily PCOS, but if you are having these symptoms and you haven't talked to any doctor about it yet, I would go in and at least start the conversation so you can figure out what's going on. All right? So that's my little spiel on polycystic ovarian syndrome. I hope you guys learned a little bit about it, and I hope you're encouraged to have well-informed conversations with your doctor about things that might be going on with you. Thank you so, so much for staying with me and listening to another episode of Four Vaginas Only. I really, truly appreciate every single one of my listeners, every single person that follows me and interacts with me on social media, the Four Vaginas Only Instagram page, the Four Vaginas Only Facebook page. I truly love you guys, and I hope that, you know, I feel like we're building a relationship, even though I don't know each one of you individually, but I hope that you're also gaining a little knowledge from me as well and taking control of your healthcare and your body, because that's what's truly important here, and that's the whole reason why I do this. So have a great day, guys, and I'll see you in the next episode.